Dispatches, a production of Blur Bank, is an in-depth look at those living artistic lives. Each episode will feature photographs and audio interviews with narrative pioneers who have taken creativity and publishing in their own hands. From artists to authors, photographers to philosophers, Dispatches will reveal the faces and foundations of those who lead the creative way. Hello, everyone. This is Dan with Blurb. I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico today with Cindy Kahn, who's the executive director of Creative Santa Fe. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Dan. Now, this is a little funny because we're actually neighbors, so <laughs> it sounds like this uh, this very you know structured uh, interview here, but not really. So I'm extra intimidated because we're neighbors. Oh, wow. That, 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 no- <laughs> that noise you hear that you will hear throughout this interview is construction going on. So, hey, you never know what's going to happen here. Uh, before we get started, you are from the ABQ. I am from so the 505. Just give us a little background on who you are, where you came from. So born and raised in Albuquerque. I uh, went away to college in New Orleans and Mexico City. That's and an interesting combination. It was. I did my junior year in Mexico City. That's right, because you minored or you had a, you studied Latin American studies as well. Latin, Latin American studies and art history. I didn't know that. I knew the art history, yeah. but not the Latin American yeah, studies. Yeah, but I didn't actually have any intention of being a Latin American studies major. I was just philosophy for a while, then English for a while, and then went off to Mexico City. So by senior year, I had to count up all my credits, and it turned out I was a Latin American studies major. Oh, so it was an indirect Completely. degree. It's been sort of the story of my life is my indirect path to everything I do. And tell me about the art consulting. You were an art consultant for a long time. I so was. I met you. We moved here, I think, eight years ago. You were consulting. What, yeah. What, what does so, that entail? So um, my degree, my master's degree is in arts administration and curatorial studies. And the reason I did both degrees, I did this very cool course at Skidmore where you can create your own degree because I didn't want to either be a curator or be an art director or an executive director type position. I wanted to learn both. And so I did that. And when I moved to Santa Fe, I first started out running an art gallery and then moved on to be the visual arts director and curator of the Center for Contemporary Arts. That's a good job. It was a great job. It was a lot of fun. I did that for four years and then decided I wanted to go out on my own and go a little rogue. And so I started my own art consultancy and private gallery. And we just had um, a handful of artists through openings and were open by, by appointment only and was doing consulting both locally and then throughout the country, different collectors, museums, doing some curating projects and then got approached by this organization called Creative Santa Fe. Are you still consulting at all on the side? I do. I still consult a lot, yeah. And that seems to me like the the art consultant is one of those jobs that that everybody everybody who creates art or photography or whatever, they all want someone like that. They all want to be around someone like that. They want to know someone. Is that are there a lot of those people around? Are they few and far between? And do you have to have like a megastar artist to survive as an art consultant? I think it depends on obviously for what I do. I don't need to make a career out of it. And so I've always been in a very unique position as an art consultant because my passion and my interest is really emerging mid-career artists. Um, so most art consultants, if they want to make a living, have to focus at least some on blue chip, on auction, on advising clients who are going to be buying million-dollar pieces and going to auction for them. I've done that before, but for me, the real juice is promoting artists who are underrecognized and who most people don't know if you look around my house, which people can't see, but um, it's all almost exclusively artists who are relatively unknown, who I just think all need a chance to shine in the art world. And there's a lot of those people floating around, don't you think? There are a lot. I think that I have a very specific taste for what I like, and that's helped my career because people know exactly kind of what they're going to get with me in terms of the type of art and 
you know, it probably eliminates 99% of people that want to work with me, but the 1% are amazing. Mm. Yeah, those 1%. <laughs> so 2008, you started something called Launch Projects. Mm-hmm. I actually have no idea what that is. That, so, that was the private gallery. That was the private gallery. Okay. Yeah. So we, I had been looking at the model of an art gallery. I knew I wanted to curate shows and represent artists and really show Santa Fe a whole different type of artwork. Uh, artwork that it's not as well known for, all these sort of emerging and mid-career artists that are doing really cutting-edge, interesting, very much more internationally aesthetic type work. And I, I didn't want to have the type of gallery where I had to sit there from, you know, 10 to 5, hoping for walk-in traffic on Canyon Road just to show people abstract art that they're not going to connect to anyway. That sounds like a job, too much of a job. <laughs> that, was, that was my job for four years when I first moved here, and that was brutal. Now, you said something very interesting to me is a lot of people, especially my snobby East Coast friends yes. who think, you know, they hear the word Santa Fe, and yeah. they think really bad chili pepper art. And I, I think that is here for sure, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of other really good art being done here in photography and everything else. Yeah, and our city is not doing enough at the current moment to really promote the much more innovative, interesting art, film, technology, um, installation type work that's happening here. And so my new career is much more about that, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. So launch projects ended up being a private gallery, which only meant I came in when I wanted to. People made appointments and we'd throw openings and sell art to people that came to the openings. And it was a targeted market because we knew if people wanted to learn, they were welcome to come, but we weren't trying to, to convince the masses that they should buy, you know, little teeny tiny drawings of like bunnies on, you know, huge God, sheets been, of white paper. I've been looking for that exact thing. But yeah, I have one for you. That's ironic. I've been holding it back. Good. I, I could tell. <laughs> I just knew. Years, I knew yeah. there was going to be an art yeah, presentation There's going to be a pitch later, yeah. Uh, so that was a great segue, by the way, into Creative Santa Fe. Yes. What is Creative Santa Fe? So Creative Santa Fe was actually an organization that was started by the city of Santa Fe as a result of an economic study in 2005 that looked at what is the actual impact of the creative economy on Santa Fe. They came back with the fact it's a $1.1 billion a year creative economy, and there was no single organization to oversee larger strategic initiatives and work with nonprofits, private sector, and the government to make sure that that creative economy is, is fostered and in sort of moving forward. And so what happened was Creative Santa Fe, as an organization, this was before our team was involved, they did all right, but they never really got the funding and the traction they needed to make a difference. And so in 2011, I was approached by my now board chair and a few other people saying, you know, we're facing some really serious trends in the city that are alarming and that in the long run, Santa Fe will die. If we don't start to reverse these trends, would you be interested in getting involved with us and, and starting to attack the creative economy in a different way? And so that was interesting to me. And so I said, yes. Okay. So when I was in Australia mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I was interviewing someone named Jess Scully and she was telling me about the arts community in Australia mm-hmm. and how it's viewed in a very different way from say something like mining. You know, the mining industry, they say, okay, it brings in X amount of revenue. Well, the creative world brings in a pretty sizable piece of revenue as well, but Mm -hmm. it's not viewed in the same way. It's viewed as sort of a secondary or almost inconsequential part of the economy. Is it the same here? It's been the exact same. And the irony is that the creative economy is the second largest economy in Santa Fe, second to government. It's, It's before tourism. 
And yet... Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, because Santa Fe is like top five tourist destinations in the U.S., I think. Exactly. And of course, you know, the, the way that's differentiated, you know, creative economy can be considered culinary and a lot of other things that tourism is a part of. So sort of teasing out what is culture, what is tourism, it's a fine line, but I like to say creative economy is, it's big, right? And so... One of the things that Creative Santa Fe, so we took over in 2011 and really reshaped the organization, built major public-private partnerships, started with big strategic initiatives, brought speakers in from all over the country, a few internationally, to start looking at what does it mean to strengthen your city if you have a creative economy. And we came up right at that moment on an election that was with city council for city council and for the mayor. And so Creative Santa Fe got very, very involved because what we heard from all of the candidates, so their platform was, we're going to focus on social services and our, uh, not on art and culture because it's an amenity. And what we had to do was really, we got a, a partnership together with over 40 nonprofits. And in order to, we wrote letters to the newspaper. We did a lot of um, education type work to show that if arts and culture are such a large economic driver in your city, they are the economic driver that transforms social change. And so by the end of that campaign, all of the candidates were sort of fighting over who supported the creative economy more. Okay. And we ended up getting in elected our mayor, Javier Gonzalez, who is totally committed to the creative economy. And an entire city council now understands that language and understands arts and culture aren't just this sort of you know, elitist white thing that you know people do on their spare time. It, it's a huge economic driver for our city, and it, it has to be addressed in order to reverse some of our, our sort of scary trends. I met the mayor, so we're like super tight now. You guys now. are super tight. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you said something a minute ago about uh, basically social development or so the basically social services. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I got up this morning, I turned on CNN mm -hmm. and I was, two things were very apparent. I was either going to die of Ebola, like in the next 12 hours. Yeah. I, or, I've, I've been like having, I just wanted to warn you. I'm you a have little, a fever? Yeah, a little fever. Oh, that's not good. Low grade. Or ISIS was going to get me as yeah. well. You know, there's this sense of like overwhelming yeah. doom when you turn on turn on the television or you read whatever, Absolutely. whatever site you go to. Does Do the arts have a responsibility in terms of what they give back to the community? Or, Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. So much of that. what we've been working on, and I was actually in a conference all last week about this as well, is the new trend for arts and culture. And I say new, which is, I mean, it's actually been going on forever, but the new trend in identifying, describing it, and and having arts be a valuable conversation piece and how we help is that art and creativity open minds and create new solutions and can create new questions to solve some of the world's most intractable problems. And so if you look at something like education, it's actually proven if you insert art and culture into education, children have new pathways that they might find success, fulfillment, and be able to engage in ways that in the past they wouldn't be able to through just very basic like reading, writing, arithmetic type of structure and testing. And so what we we're talking a lot about is this art and, art and science makes science more creative. Art and education makes students more successful. Art and healthcare can provide whole new solutions to more holistic approaches to healthcare. You know, in Santa Fe, we're looking a lot at how do you start to integrate Eastern and Western medicine? And so we're actually having some of our major hospitals that are having issues look at other solutions and other approaches to healing. That's completely creative and that's, that's part of the arts. And so I think the art and anything else, it, 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 it makes everything in our social sector and in the things we're struggling to address 
it creates new questions that can create much more creative solutions. Speaking of education, to me, when I look back on my education, art was sort of presented to me as a sideshow. Yeah. And also something that you did if you got in trouble, they would, you know, make you go and do these things. But it was sort of beaten out of our heads that it was not something that was a career that you should go into business. I mean, my father wanted me to be an investment banker. I still remember I was like in fifth grade and he dropped that one on me. And so I'm wondering when you look at, let's say, city council people or people that you're working with now with Creative Santa Fe, does it require almost a re-education of the adults yeah. to, to look at art in a different way? Absolutely. And I, that's sort of the broadening the definition of creativity. And that's a lot of what we do is engage with, you know, for instance, we have the Santa Fe Institute here in, in town, which is a theoretical physicist um, think tank for complexity science. Everything about that is creative. Those scientists are absolutely artists. You look at some of the bleeding edge you know, medical discoveries. You look at some of everything that's happening at the cutting edge of innovation, that's absolutely art and creativity. And, and yes, teaching people that, you know, art isn't just a painting on a wall. Art and, and creativity is how you look at the world through a different lens and change the way you see, right? I mean, artists are people that just change our perspective on something in the world, whether it's through a painting, through a photograph, through a dance performance, through music, they alter your perception of reality. And if your perception of reality is altered, you have a new way of looking at a problem. So uh, last year, I think there was a report that came out that I think New Mexico has voted the worst place in the U.S. to be a child. Yeah. And when I look at Santa Fe now, and I've, I've read stories and I've seen some things about how the age demographic is, you know, the youth are leaving to go to yeah. other places, and it's the, the, the population here is a little bit more elderly than it once was. When you look at the future, how important is youth going to be in this to basically save this place? Mm-hmm. That's exactly that. That really, I would say, is the crux of what Creative Santa Fe is looking at right now with the mayor as a, a joint strategy. We have a negative population growth from ages 10 to 54. And the only increase in population over the past decade is over the age of 55. So those two, and I mean, I could spit out a bunch of other scary trends, but those two alone have made us realize that we can't just sit back and say, Santa Fe is the number one destination city. I mean, we are. We're amazing. We have 360 days of sunlight. We have all these amenities. We're not advertising the actual amenities that we have as a city that would attract, say, the millennial or or Gen Y Mm -hmm. generation. I think that, you know, health uh, education is critically important at young ages, as important as that is bringing in a demographic of people who can be entrepreneurs, who can develop tech, software, film industry that will create a sustainable baseline in order to support education and healthcare and, and feed back the schools. So it's a, there's a bit of a chicken and egg. Do you, do you try to fix the healthcare or the education system when we're a very poor city and we're losing young people, or do you try to attract young people? in order to really create a baseline for the economy that then goes back to the goals. And to me, I've done a lot of work driving around the state out in the rural rural areas, and a lot of the kids that I've run into, and when I say kid, you know, they're, let's say, high schoolers, mm-hmm. there's an overwhelming sense of like, uh, wow, I don't really have a lot of, I don't have a lot of choice here. And I always yeah. thought to myself, if someone could, the, the, the key nugget in the middle of that is hope, yeah. of like someone can create hope in them to like, hey, I can, I, I actually do have choices and I can turn this around. 
when I look at Santa Fe and I hear what you're saying, and I what the, the other city that pops into my head, which might be a completely unfair comparison, is this is Detroit. And I think what's really interesting about Detroit is the people that seem to really be lighting the fire yeah. under resurrecting the city are the artists and the culinary people who've sure. come in from all over. They have no attachment to that city whatsoever, but they've looked at it and said, "Hey, they're down. We can help. Let's go in there." So. I just heard the story that Tesla is not going to Albuquerque. Yes. Um, what do you think? What do you think we need to attract someone, these millennials or the tech people, into the city? Yeah. Well, I think that you know one of the things that between Santa Fe and Detroit, or even you look at New Orleans post Katrina, they had the same renaissance. Santa Fe is not perceived as desperate enough to have that type of let's go save them, and so a lot of it is really helping people understand how dire our trends really are while still being a phenomenal city with pretty much all the amenities that this younger demographic would want. One of the issues that we have, and this just gets down to like, you know, sort of bricks and mortar issues is that we don't have fast enough Wi-Fi throughout the city and we don't have a full fiber, you know, so that we can attract the film industry, say post-production, we can't attract the tech developers because we don't have fast enough internet. That's a very easy solution with a little bit of money. Yeah, so that's something sure. we're working very closely with the city on. But say you have that, then all you need to do is really build a landing strip that shows here are all the assets we have as a community that we can offer people to come in as either small businesses or entrepreneurs. And then on the other side of that, here are all the retired CEOs, the extraordinarily wealthy people in our community who don't know how to give back. They don't know how to be mentors. They don't know how to reach out to those teenagers who are feeling disenfranchised and don't feel like they know what to do and start connecting with them. And yeah. so that's we're, we're creating this landing strip that has the information both online on a website and also in a physical space so that if you have an idea, you have a vehicle to take it from ideation to business to developing your own app to then disseminating throughout the, the country or throughout the world and, and building those national, international networks so Santa Fe isn't this isolated place, but it really is a connected hub of tech, film, entrepreneurship that would attract millennials and retain them. It's funny because I've done a fair amount of travel and people always ask, you know, oh, where do you live? Where do you live? And a lot of times, even though I'm only here part time, I'll say I live in Santa Fe. And the, res the, the response you get literally around the world, it doesn't matter if you're in Nicaragua or Australia, wherever, is that people hold this place in a, in a very unique regard. Absolutely. And I think it is one of the most unique places I've ever been. And a lot of times people will say, hey, where's the where's the favorite place, your favorite place that you ever worked? And it's, I always tell people, look, I'm, you probably don't expect this answer, but New Mexico is really the place. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, this, the trends are reversed. Yeah. Uh, um, as the executive director of Creative Santa Fe, what's the one thing you don't have that you really want? And that could be like mag wheels for your car, right. or that could be more money, more staff, more, um, I don't know, it can be anything. And I know I dropped that question on you out of the blue, but I wanted to stump you a little bit, you know? I think that's a great question. I think that the answer is both my answer, but I also don't believe it. So I'm going to say it out loud, and we're going to see. We're going to kind of think it through. Sound it out. I think one of the biggest challenges I have in my career right now that I've never faced is that, you know, in the art world, you have a pretty clear trajectory of where you're going, how you're getting there. You know, if you're curating a museum show, you know, you may have hiccups. You may have artists that freak out. You know, you may have a wall that falls down, but pretty much you know where you're going. When you're doing sort of complex economic development that's predicated on, you know, city policy, public will, city council whims, 
um, you know, public-private sector support, getting nonprofits behind what you're doing. And we have four very, very disparate initiatives that all sort of weave into this web that is the economy. I think in some days what I'd really love to have is, is more clarity of where all this is going. But at the same time, that's like that question, like if you, if you were able to know when you were going to die and, and where would you? And so I say, I think there's so many days and nights I'm frustrated. I'm like, God, I just wish I knew what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. But then I think the beauty of this is that we're all sort of thrashing forward and being nimble and really responding to the reality of what we're doing in sort of a complete immediacy type of way. And so I, I want more clarity, but at the same time, I understand that not having clarity is pretty much the blessing of everything that we're doing and why we have this sort of beautiful magic right now in the city. Well, because what you're doing hasn't been done here before, right? No. And and you used the P word earlier, which is politics. Yeah. So my short-term question here is, mm-hmm. is, is that where you're headed? And secondly... Uh, what you what you described was basically bureaucracy of all all these different things come yeah. together. I, I think that that's you know completely complex. But my overall question here is, will it work? I mean, do you see that you're going to navigate through this mm-hmm. minefield of things that you have to connect? I think that just like any entrepreneurial venture, I think some of what we're trying to achieve is going to work, and some of it won't work. And we're really really comfortable as an organization knowing that we're trying things that are big, they're daring. Um, we absolutely believe we'll have some failures along the way in what we're trying to achieve, but I do believe that we're shooting so high that if we have a few successes along the way, it's sort of like, you know, for entrepreneurs, I think they, you know, they end up having eight businesses that go bust and the two that actually work are the ones that like change lives and make billions. Well, I I think people are so hesitant today to talk about failure because they look at it as just this, you know debilitating thing and I don't really think it's that way and I maybe love it. I mean if coming from the art world there's mm-hmm. so much of art that tries and, and misses yeah. and fails and then the artist goes back and tries it again so it seems to me that that the political world can learn a lot from the art world by saying look yeah you're not going to win every battle but yeah. throw it up and see what sticks yeah and I think you know for me just personally I've I'm always attracted to risk and I, I just think that if you're not really risking, I mean, over there is a picture of Eve Klein leap into the void. It's that idea, if you're not really taking a big risk, of course you're never going to fail, but you also aren't going to make any huge changes either personally or, or professionally or in you know your city or in the world. And so I just, I, and my board chair is, is, he and I are so much on the same page. He's been a serial entrepreneurial entrepreneur for decades and we both are like you know what we're just gonna go as hard as we can and see what sticks like you said and so yeah I mean I think that I don't want to know what's gonna fail yet so I take it back I don't want clarity even though sometimes it just feels like it'd be so nice yeah I think at, at this point you know there's so much up in the air that I think if someone did give you a roadmap you'd probably find a a secondary road and go off on that. You put it in four low and just head off across the desert. So I was here a couple of months ago, uh, Creative Santa Fe. You had Tony Shea from Mm -hmm. Zappos. Yeah. Who's coming down the pike? We don't know yet. We're in discussion with a lot of people. Actually, I'm taking my whole board out to downtown Las Vegas next month to meet with Tony and and do a little bit more um, work with them. I I went back with him that that trip and toured downtown. And, you know, they're they're, uh, fascinating because – you look at economic development without the barriers of politics or money. And so they're in super high speed and they're making huge successes and huge failures. 
And so that's really fun for us to watch and engage with. Um, coming down the pike, I don't know, one of the men we're working with very closely now in our whole tech startup, small business project is very close with Elon Musk, you know, mm, talking about yeah, Tesla. Sure. He'd be somebody interesting to bring out. Um, we don't have anyone yet that we're, we're sure about, but it's, again, you know, who are the people that are making the biggest impact in our country or in the world that, um, that, that really are going to challenge our community to think differently about what we see. You know, someone like Richard Branson would be fun, talk more about space, what's the future of space. We're looking a lot about science, technology, the history of of Santa Fe and Los Alamos and, and what, you know, the building of the atomic bomb did for our city and, and where Santa Fe might be positioned as a leader in, in some of, you know, the nuclear security and nuclear nonproliferation discussions. So we're, we're looking at a lot of different things. It's all just to, to really shine a new spotlight on Santa Fe and get people to think differently about who we are and who might want to come to visit and to live here. That was awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I wish you the best of luck. Thank and you. I, I'm, Clearly, I need it, Dan. No, I'm watching from the uh, from the bleachers. <laughs> you know, I got my pom poms, and I'm ready to uh, ready to support you guys. It's appreciate been it. I, I've really enjoyed what you've done so far. So I wish you the best in the future. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the interview. Yeah. Thanks.